One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 217. Sometimes the simplest things are also the hardest to do. Exhibit A, showing up consistently for something, even if it's something you really care about, super hard. Exhibit B, putting yourself out there, also super hard. And exhibit C, which is what we are talking about in today's episode, probably the simplest thing of all, and yet still super hard, that is starting. Taking the first step, writing the first paragraph, your first five minutes on the treadmill. Starting is simple, deceptively difficult, and yet so critical. Anything you want to do in life or in business requires that you start, that you take the first step. Any result you want can only come from getting started. Like the Chinese proverb says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. All of this so far probably seems very obvious, and in many ways it is, but that doesn't change the fact that starting can be very, very hard. So today's episode is tackling this very pain point that I suspect a lot of you can relate to. I know I certainly can. And that is, how do we actually get started? First, we'll talk a little bit about why getting started is hard, and later I'm going to share a bunch of concrete strategies to help you move through the barrier and actually move into action. So let's get started with the big question. Why is it so hard to get started? There are a lot of reasons for this, and some of these are probably going to resonate with you strongly and maybe others less so, but here's a few reasons. First, the stakes are high. So I found that sometimes the things I want the most are the things that are also the hardest for me to start, which means a lot of those things I never start on at all, which is so sad. The reason for it, though, is that when the stakes feel high, when it's something we really want, we really don't want to mess it up. And this is related to the next reason, perfectionism. When you're someone who, like me, always wants to get everything perfect, it can be intimidating to even take the first step out of fear of getting it wrong and not doing things perfectly. You also might be over-researching or over-planning. Sometimes when we're scared to get started, we'll fool ourselves into thinking that we're taking action, but really we've just gotten stuck in the research phase. We're stuck reading articles and books and watching courses and YouTube videos and learning how to do the thing, but not actually doing the thing. Or we're making some elaborate plan only to never take the first step. There's also fear of judgment. So a lot of the time, the big things you want to do are going to be visible to other people. For example, if your goal is to create a certain type of content, other people are going to see it. And we can get nervous about this, especially when it comes to people we know in our real life. So there are the first bunch of reasons. All of them are different, but they have something really important in common. Did you notice it? Fear. One of the major overarching reasons that we don't start is that we are afraid to start. Keep this in mind. We're going to come back to it later. 
Another non-fear-related reason that we don't start is oftentimes, especially if we're doing something we've never done before, starting is the part that is the hardest because it requires thinking. And thinking is really, really hard. Getting strategic, making a plan from scratch, making decisions, these things are hard work and we resist them. Before we start, usually there's quite a bit of this hard thinking, deciding work that needs to get done, and this can lead to overwhelm. And overwhelm has a very sneaky, powerful way of stopping us from getting started. One final reason that starting is so difficult is oftentimes we simply don't have our priorities clear. Let's face it, if you're anything like me, you probably have way more things that you want to do than you have time or the ability to take on right now. So inevitably, some things happen and some things don't. That's okay. The issue comes in is when we're not consciously clear on what our priorities are, and so we end up spending our time on the things that aren't actually most important to us or most likely to move the needle for us. So those are my top three reasons that I think starting is so difficult because of fear, because thinking is really hard and it leads to overwhelm, and because of a lack of priorities. So now we understand a little bit about why starting is so hard. That doesn't change the fact that we're all still going to need to start in order to actually see those results that we want to see. So how do we actually start? Well, I am so glad you asked. I have so many tips for you. And the reason I have all these tips is because I have struggled with starting for as long as I can remember with having a dream or something I want to do so badly and not making the first move on it for years too long if I ever took the first step at all. But fortunately, in the last five to 10 years, since I was in my late 20s, my life has started to change a little bit. I've started to rewire my brain in some major ways. I've made changes. I've gone against the grain, against the way that I thought my life needed to be. And I've learned how to start. I've started a lot of things. Business number one, business number two. I've learned how to watercolor. I started a podcast, which you're listening to right now. I have a membership program for small business owners, just to name a few things. Along the way, I've picked up some strategies that I call on all of the time to help me take action and start, even when it feels hard. So without further ado, here are my six tried and true strategies for getting started, even when it feels hard. Number one is self-talk. How you talk to yourself and the narrative that you tell yourself about your work matters. When I'm starting something new and facing some fear and resistance around it, there are a few things that I'm always sure to remind myself. First and most importantly, it is okay to have fear and resistance and to take action anyway. This sounds obvious, but it's something I have to remind myself all the time that if I'm feeling a little bit out of my comfort zone, that's probably a good thing. Growth does not happen in our comfort zones. Also, if I'm struggling with worrying about what others will say or feel about what I'm doing, I also like to create for myself a this or that decision framework. I'll say, okay, Lauren. You can either market this product you have on social media and risk that random person from college having a judgment about it, or you can not do it at all. That usually makes things pretty simple for me and it makes the decision easy. I'll go ahead and do the things. Other people's opinions be damned. Strategy number two is to set a low bar. So this is similar to the first strategy, but it's so important that it needs its own point on this list. Set a low bar and specifically remind yourself that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. Things don't have to be perfect to be valuable. And in fact, I believe that we can add the most value when we're not so hung up on perfectionism because perfectionism stops us from taking any action at all and making the impact that we're capable of making. Let yourself put things out into the world imperfectly. Know that the only way to get better is to practice doing the thing over and over again. 
Imperfect action is where all the magic happens in business and in anything you want to learn how to do. I find it helpful to give myself permission for everything I put out into the world to be a work in progress. Even this podcast episode, if for some reason I really decide that I don't like it, I can always update it later. I can change the file that's uploaded or I can just delete it. I can make changes to a product or a product listing or a welcome sequence or my Instagram bio or just about anything I'm doing. Let everything be a work in progress and it takes the pressure off a lot. Strategy number three is to break your tasks down into tiny bits. So when we're first starting something, it's very easy to get intimidated by everything that we're going to need to have to do to make it happen. All the workouts we'll need to get in for that marathon, all of the tasks involved in launching a new product. And if there's anything that can stop you from taking action, it's overwhelm. But there's a very easy and magical way to break through or even prevent overwhelm. And that is to break your project down into the smallest possible tasks, the tiniest bits. Instead of having on your list, get sponsor for podcast. Break that down into all of the smallest tasks involved in that. So research podcast sponsorships to know what to offer. Create a simple PDF sponsorship kit. Make a list of businesses that would be good fits as sponsors, research contact information, write draft pitches for each, etc. Get podcast sponsor. That's not a task at all. It's a project. Projects don't belong on our task lists. So instead, we broke that project down into the smallest tasks we could think of. And individually, each of those are way more doable. Strategy number four is to prioritize. Remember earlier when we talked about the fact that lack of priorities is one of the biggest reasons people never get started? We're coming back to that. The reality is we can't do everything, at least not all at once. And most likely there are lots of things on your I want to do that list. If we're not clear that something is a top priority for us, we're not going to carve out the time for it. So part of this process is really making an inventory of what you have on your plate, what you spend your time on, and ask yourself, what is my top priority? Both personally and in my business, what projects or activities are the most likely to move me toward my goals? A great book on this idea is 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think by Laura Vanderkam. When you're clear on your priorities, remind yourself that you can't do everything at once. And for now, let yourself narrow your focus in order to make progress and get started. There can probably only be a couple of main focuses at a time, and those things that you identify as your top priorities, those need to be put into your calendar first, which brings us to strategy number five, putting it in your calendar. If something's in your calendar, it is so much more likely to happen. And that is why I have started putting all of my important tasks, anything I need to get done on my calendar. So here's how this relates to getting started. When there's something you've prioritized that you want to make happen, that you have broken down into the tiniest small bits, we need to put those tiny bits, those individual tasks into your calendar. So for each of the tiny tasks, do your best to estimate how long that task will take you. And pro tip, I've learned the hard way, err on the side of giving yourself more time than you think you need for each thing. When you have that list of tasks that you need to get done, either individual tasks or things you want to do on an ongoing basis, and you know how much time to allot for each of them, then you simply find a time in your calendar and plug it all in. Finally, accountability. So did I save the best for last? Maybe. The sixth super powerful way to actually get started is to involve other people. This could be as simple as simply talking through your plans with other people, getting a second set of eyes or ears on your plan, or getting some outside support when you get stuck. 
But I would encourage you to take it further than that in two main ways. First, get some accountability on your deadlines. If you're anything like me and so many of the other small business owners I know, you will be so much more likely to follow through on completing a task if someone else knows about the deadline. Second, you can actually work alongside other people. This could be going to a coffee shop with a fellow small business friend or co-working online. We do this all the time in my membership. You simply commit to what you're going to work on in the beginning. You work independently and then together you report back at the end. Just the simple act of telling someone else what you're going to be working on is so much more likely to keep you on task. So that is what I have to say on how to start. Starting, I really believe, is such a critical first step, but we can't just show up one time and let that be it. For most things in life, we have to not only start, but keep going and then finish. And so this is actually the first episode in a three-episode series. We just covered how to get started. Part two, coming so soon, is how to keep going. And part three is how to finish. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to stay up to date and to get parts two and three as they come out. And be sure to sign up for the Making Good newsletter, which is completely new and improved, by the way, and I am having so much fun with it, where you'll get updates as well. Head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts, 100 P-R-O-M-P-T-S to get on that list. Okay, so did this help you feel more ready to get started? Did you have any aha moments? I would love to hear from you. DM me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. First, I'd be honored for you to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. Second, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. This episode is at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 217. And finally, take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to cheer you on. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco of Just Peachy Illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. 